Come with me if you want to live. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of the Home Wrecker Podcast. I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion and I am joined, as always, by my beautiful, gorgeous, lovely, amazing trophy wife, Monique. Monique, how are you doing this week? Hi, I am super. Thanks for asking. You're super? <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Well, that's good. So what's, uh, what's going on with you this week? Anything new? Anything exciting? Anything fun? I'm really excited, and you're all going to think I'm lame, but I don't care. As I've been talking about, I've been going for walks very early in the morning. I've been finding so much wildlife. I mentioned how I saw a deer, and last week I saw a little fox, and it was really cool. And then yesterday I'm walking, and I saw a huge skunk, and I just thought that was really neat, and I got excited about it you mentioned a deer yeah when i don't know like weeks ago you did yeah you sure i think so okay well i mentioned it on my social media (laughs) at least so you mentioned it to me i don't know if it was mentioned on the podcast or not but okay i could be wrong okay well that's great so you've been seeing a lot of wildlife i have which is better than zombies you know what i haven't seen speaking of that when i when because i go for a walk in the same cemetery I haven't seen any geese. Typically, there's like tons of geese. I've seen the geese, but I, ha- I guess I've not. seen them. I saw them one time so far this year. I haven't seen them since, and it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw them a couple weeks ago, but I've been walking on the other side. Yeah, it is a big cemetery. It, yeah, there's like a pond on one side, and I've been walking on the other side. And, you know, I saw the geese on the opposite side of where the pond is, which is kind of weird. Yeah, actually, I did see them they over on the opposite side. I saw a few of them. So yeah, they yes. weren't at the pond where you would think they would be hanging out. They weren't. They were more tip, like kind of where it's all grass and stuff. They were yeah. kind of weird. But yeah, I was excited about seeing wildlife because we live in a city and especially in this area, you don't see a lot of wildlife. I grew up in Drake at Mass and it used to be a lot of farmland before it got more developed. So we had all different animals we would see all the time here not so much so i'm just very excited all right well that's cool i saw a beaver running across the field the other day really yeah yeah it's kind of awesome yeah it was interesting i have to be honest that's what's motivating me to go out so early in the morning is because i get to see so many different little animals you're like i just want to go to the zoo <laughs> my husband won't take me to the zoo so i have to go walk and look for wildlife myself it's like i really don't want to get up at four thirty in the morning and go for a walk but if i do i might see animals it's motivation hey whatever works yeah. for you i guess yeah there you go see i i'm the opposite i love getting up this early or that early i should say i love getting up that early well it has perks as most of you listeners know we have three kids and we get up early and we can get stuff done before they wake up. It's the only time we have to get things done. Yeah, it's like literally the only free, quiet time in this house. We record while they nap and everything we get to do, it's because they're sleeping. Yes. But that's okay. Yeah. Hey, we make it work. We and, th- do. and that's what it's all about. Just figuring out ways to make it work. We don't say, oh, we have three kids. We can't do anything. We just figure out what we can do while having three kids. And make it work, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what did you think about our podcast last week with Jack and Jay? I had a lot of fun. I had a, I had a lot of fun. It was our first guest. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have more guests in the future. Uh, actually, I, I spoke to a good friend of ours who I'm not going to name yet, but you'll all find out who uh, is going to be on the podcast in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's fun to have. It's fun when you and I do this. Obviously, yeah. we enjoy it. But it's fun having somebody else in the mix too. 
And I, I thought it was really, really interesting just hearing the way that this particular author, Jack, the way he came up with his ideas and his whole process and everything and using the beta readers and all that kind of stuff. That was things that I never thought of before. When you think somebody writes a book, they just sit at a computer or a typewriter and or typewriter, it's going to be dating myself. Uh, and they just, they get to it and they write and put it out there. I, I didn't really, I've never researched it before. Like, you know, I'm a big reader, but I've never researched what it takes to write a book or what goes into the whole process. So I thought that for me, that part was very, very interesting. Oh, absolutely. And it was fun having my brother here. Yeah, Jay's awesome. <laughs> of course, we had to keep saying, talk into the microphone. So that's why if the audio sounded a little bit off, we had to up when they spoke yeah, so you could yeah, hear them. Yeah, we had to play with the audio a little yeah. bit there to try to make that um, so that everybody could hear it. But we, yeah, we made it work. So apologies to anybody who was like, what's up with the audio? Why is that so weird? We weren't on Skype or anything. We were all in the same room. It was just kind of one of those things where, yeah, we did the best we could with what we had. But anyway. We'll have to have my brother on again. Too. Yeah, we're going to have to have Jay back on. Just, just Jay. Uh, so he could tell us some cool stories. I know he's got a lot of cool stories that he can yes. he can hopefully share if he chooses to. I yeah, mean, I'm just thinking, can he share? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some the stuff. Public? Some stuff maybe he can't, yeah. but the, the stuff sure that he can, I'm sure people would find enjoyment and be be uh, entertained. Yeah. I'm always entertained when I when I <laughs> hang out with Jay. So yes. I love Jay. Jay's awesome. He's a great guy. Absolutely. And if you haven't picked up Jack Cullen's book yet, Runes of Steel, please go to Amazon. It's the easiest way to get it. You can get it for your Kindle or you can get the paperback copy. And we have links up on our website and on the show notes from that episode. So go there, click the link and buy the book. Do you have what's slowly becoming one of my favorite parts of our podcast do you have a positive thought for this week? I do. Oh, <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> uh, all right. That you are uh, excited about sharing your positive thoughts. So, what do you got for us this week? Okay. So this morning, well, let me back up. Okay. We follow Ryback on Instagram. He's part of the Wiretap Radio Network. Yes. And we follow him on uh, social media. He had posted on his Instagram a video, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen this video before. It's this guy. He's obviously where he lives has been flooded. Water's up to his knees. He has a bucket, and he's next to a chain link fence, and he's scooping up the water and throwing the water to the other side of the fence. Obviously, it's not really doing anything. And Ryback has a really great positive message with this video. So please go check it out. Follow him on Instagram. But I watched this video and I know everyone's first thought when they see it is, oh, what a dumbass. He's not realizing that it's not doing anything. He's the water's just refilling back up. And I thought maybe he's just trying to get a good workout in. I mean, everything's flooded. He probably can't go to the gym. He's like, screw it. I'll give myself a workout. Or maybe he was just trying to do something funny and entertain his neighbors because, heck, their homes are flooded. What else are they going to do? And it made me think how important it is to look at things with a positive perspective. So many people rush to go to the negative. You see something and you automatically think of the negative things. Try exercising your mind, your brain, and try to go for the positive when you see something, even if it seems ridiculous. Try to find something positive about it. And I think that's a really good way to start grasping more of a positive attitude is just when you see something, you automatically want to think something like, oh, that guy's an idiot. Try not to catch yourself, stop yourself and find something positive. That's great advice. That's a great thought. Thank you. My question to you is though, what if I'm just being devil's advocate here, I'm just being difficult. What if there isn't really a positive spin and the person is really just being a dumbass? Then what? You think bless their parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes it's really hard to. I'm always a sil silver linings kind of person. I 
find the positive in everything. I mean, the world could be on fire and I'd say, hey, at least it's warm or it's not snowing. I try to find something positive Yeah, about that's you it. for sure. That's definitely you. Now, with that, that video, you showed me that video. Yeah. And... I was looking at it and I wasn't thinking, first off, the, this guy's a dumbass. That's not that. Honestly, that was not what I was thinking. You said, here, watch this video. Look, I'm watching it. And I was waiting for something to happen. I was waiting for like somebody to jump out of the water and like tackle the guy. I, that's what I was waiting for. I wasn't really looking at it as, well, this guy's an idiot. What's he doing? I well, was, yeah, wa- I I was waiting for something crazy to happen, like a truck comes and like hits the guy or something. Yeah, because you're like, okay, and? Yeah, because I'm like, all right, I don't get it. What's going on? But what's, I've seen the, the video before, and you see the comments, and mostly, almost everybody laughs at this person and thinks the guy's an idiot. Like, he obviously doesn't understand that it's a chain link fence, the water's seeping through, and I'm just thinking he probably does he's maybe just trying to work out or be funny who knows but i just thought maybe people need to be a little more positive what an interesting take on a Mm. video yeah yeah all right so everybody look for the positive and don't be so quick to judge and be negative yes all right this week we're going to be talking about Time travel, again. Again. Yes, only this time we're going to be talking about some time travel stories. And we're going to talk about a couple of people who claim to be time travelers. Allegedly. Allegedly. Supposedly. Well, they, they claim it. I mean, I don't. they allegedly did it, but they actually do claim it. I mean, they're on record as claiming it. True. I just like saying that. Yeah, you're awesome like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Now, the first story we're going to talk about is one that you actually mentioned in our previous episode where we talked about time travel. Yes. We're going to talk about John Teeter. And I remember, I think we were coming back from the White Mountains when you first introduced me to the Coast to Coast episode with Art Bell talking about John Teeter. It was actually a Coast to Coast AM episode. It wasn't with Art Bell, oh. though. It was with George Nuri who okay. took over for Art Bell but uh, unfortunately, after Art Bell left, the show kind of, it's never been what it used to be. But anyway, yes, that's, that, that is when I introduced it to you. But the first time John Teeter actually made contact was through a fax that he sent to the Art Bell show back in, I want to say it was 1998. Hmm, interesting. So, so what did you think of the John Teeter story? Before we get into it and explain to everybody what it, what it entails and what it is. I found it interesting, and again, I'm the kind of person where I want to believe that stuff. I want to believe there's a possibility of something like that happening, and the way he made it seem so convincing, it could be real. Whether it was or not was just really cool, and it was a nice story to listen to. Now, we'll get into it. I'll explain the the whole story and what it is and everything, and there are people that have, quote-unquote, debunked this story. There are people who claim that it's absolutely 100% true, or, or I'm sorry, not claim, but they believe that it's 100% true. And then there's people that have come out and said that they were John Teeter, and they faked the whole thing. So where's the truth in this one? Maybe somewhere in between. Maybe somewhere in between. I don't know. And I think we should just get into it, and we'll tell everybody the story, and everybody listening can make up their minds themselves. Let's do it. All right. Now... I told you that initially the, the the person claiming to be John Teeter sent a fax to Art Bell while he was on the air during one of his Time Traveler episodes. I want to say it was one of his Time Traveler Open Lines episodes that he did, and it was back in 1998. Let's start out here by reading this fax. Now, this again, this was sent to Art Bell on the Coast to Coast AM show, and it was on July 29th, 1998. This is the first of three faxes. It goes like this. Dear Art, I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. 
time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn your singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are, one, you meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Two, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. The oldest one was a skyscraper that wasn't built in a near-favorite store of mine in New York. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engines so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. It appears the line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now, in this time, to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future, you might want to know about. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. 2. The government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. 3. A power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. 4. A few years later, communal government system is developed after the Constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan, Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Art, the reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. And that is the first facts that John Teeter sent to Art Bell. What do you think of that one? Wow. It's pretty detailed, right? It, it is. But as you read it, I'm thinking, Y2K, nothing really happened. But again, he said alternate timelines get made and all, all the time. Every time somebody travels through time, alternate timelines get made. So if this story is true, I'm going to get back to having fun now. Forget, la- forget the last episode that we did about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some fun now. If this is true... Maybe he prevented Y2K by coming back. Maybe. Maybe it was never going to be a disaster on this timeline because John Teeter was here and he prevented it by being here. Maybe he didn't intentionally prevent prevent it, but just him being here set in motion some kind of chain of events like we talked about in, in the previous episode, mm-hmm. the butterfly effect. Yes. Him just being here, if he really is a time traveler, maybe prevented Y2K from being a disaster like he knew it in his timeline. Hmm. Now he mentions about the communal government. Yes. After the Constitution takes a few twists, and it's funny, kind of thinking about what's going on right now with how they just want one global government, and they're trying to change our Constitution. It's it's just interesting. Like, oh, is that is that what he's talking about? If if he's real. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Who knows? Or is it a something so broad in general that it's just you have a 50-50 chance of it happening? See, yeah, see, that's where if the, the rational side of me takes over and I say, well, I mean, this could 
this could eventually happen. We see that people are trying to put the wheels in motion for that kind of stuff to happen now. Whether or not that happens, I don't know. I don't want to get into politics on this show ever. But, I mean, some of the things he's saying, could they happen? Sure. Have they happened in this timeline yet? Not yet. Yeah, not Not, really. not yet, right? But again, that's the genius of this whole story. And and we're just at facts one. This is this is we haven't even gotten into the meat of this yet. This is just the first facts that he sent in and into our bell and, and made his presence felt. If this was a real person, again, just based on the story, if we're looking at this as if it was legit and it was true and, and everything he's saying is fact, he maybe changed everything by just being here. Maybe. Maybe. Let's move on to the the second facts. Again, that first one was sent to Art, and he read it on the air back on July 29th, 1998, so obviously before Y2K. And as we all know, Y2K came and went, and nothing happened. But now the second fax. And this was again in 1998. Yep, again in 1998. Dear Mr. Bell, I'm glad you're back. I faxed this information to you the day before you left the air. I wanted to make sure it wasn't lost in the shuffle, so I'm sending you a gift. If you've already seen this, please accept my apologies. If you choose to make this public, please do not publish the fax number. I had to fax when I heard the other time traveler calling in from the recent time past, in fact, the year 2500 AD. That That makes no sense. That makes no sense, yeah. I had to fax when I heard the other time traveler calling in from the recent time past, in fact, the... Oh, so is he saying that from the recent time past... In fact, the year 25 AD saying like... 2500 AD. So is he saying that that person was did actually go to 2500 and it was a different timeline? I don't know. Okay, we're already analyzing this and it's... I, I'm sorry, I had to... First paragraph. I had to, I had to pause there because it, I read it and I'm, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But okay, we're going we're gonna to continue. Let me explain, Mr. Bell. I sent a fax with this opening on July 29th, 1998. As I said then, I am a time traveler. I've been on this world line since April of this year, and I plan to leave soon. Typically, time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. However, this mission is unusually long, and I've grown attached to some of the people I have met here. Anyway, for my own reasons, I've decided to help this world line by sharing information about the future with a few people in the hope that it will help their future. I'm contacting you for the same reason. Unfortunately, there is no historical reference to your program in my world line. I believe you can change your future by creating one now. Some of the information presented on your program may be invaluable to upline researchers. I suggest you isolate the programs that concentrate on military technology and new physics theories. Transcribe these programs and put them someplace safe away from the box. I recommend someplace in the Midwest. I also urge you to reconsider your paranoia to the Russians. They are not preparing for war with the average U.S. citizen. They are preparing for war with the U.S. government. They will eventually save this country and the lives of millions of Americans. I realize my claims are a bit difficult to accept, so I will send the following once I know you have received this fax. A few pages from the operations manual of my time machine and a few colored photographs of my vehicle. If you wish to contact me, I will be happy to share with you the nature of time, the physics of time travel, and some of the events of your future. Please send a return package to, and obviously that's where he doesn't, our bell doesn't. It was redacted. It's redacted, yeah. He doesn't share the, he doesn't share that. But that's the second fax. This is, again, sent by somebody claiming to be the person that sent the first fax. Mm -hmm. And, And he's talking about how he's, going to send him pictures and color photos of his time machine. He's going to explain the physics of time and the nature of time. Mm-hmm. What, do you th- what do you think about this one? When he mentioned that the show isn't on his future timeline. Yeah, I think he's talking about Art's show. Yeah. So one of the things that popped in my head was if that's something he wanted to get into the future... Obviously, it would be on an alternate timeline, but in a future, then he really succeeded because we're talking about it. It's all over the internet. He talked about it on his show. People have written about it. There are websites about it. So I feel like if this was true, 
that worked for him. Yeah, sure. And if it wasn't true, it's a genius yeah. story, right? Totally genius story. Those faxes, again, came in 1998. And there was, there was two. I apologize if I said three. It was actually two. So we're going to fast forward a little bit now. November 2nd of 2000. Now, this date has been kind of debated back and forth, but we're going to say that this is the day that most people agree that he showed up online and started posting on various forums on, on the internet. His screen name was time travel, all one word, underscore zero. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's, it's just like, okay, you, you want to be obvious about it, so let everyone know that that's you. I, I guess, yeah. So, th- But that was his name. That's the name he used. And one of the first things that he did, he basically kind of announced who he was. I'm a time traveler from the year 2036. And then he proceeded to post pictures of his time machine and its operations manual. You're looking at me smiling. What's so funny? I'm just picturing it in my head, his time machine and the operations manual. Uh, we're going to post pictures on our website uh-huh. so people can see exactly what was posted. Now, remember, you have to look at this story through the lens of the year 2000. Okay, so if you were alive back then, try to remember back before there was iPhones and iPods, before all that kind of stuff. But looking at that picture of his time machine yes it looks like something like parts you could get out of a hobby store at the mall back in like the late 80s and 90s okay i I guess but again look at it through the lens of somebody in the year 2000 all right don't look at it like from today i know but i'm just saying back when i was a kid going to the mall the hobby shops they had stuff that kind of looked like that he could probably put something together and that's from the 90s really because i didn't know what the hell any of that stuff was looking at the picture the pieces you could probably put something together all right if you if you say so i I guess if they have like a time machine hobby shop but with parts or whatever hobby shop okay fine you you obviously knew what what it was i guess you were the smart one and everybody else, nobody else could figure out what the hell it was, but you knew saying, that it was something that was put together in a picture, hobby shop. I'm not saying it was. I'm just saying from the picture, some of the parts look like something you could get at the hobby shop and mm. smack something together. I don't know everything inside of it. I haven't read the manual. Okay. So anyhow. I'll just shut up now. Yeah, you just, just pipe down over there. Oh, it's a, it's a hobby shop. Yeah. It looks like you made it out of a hobby shop. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, 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 thanks. Sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Thank you, thank you, for being so insightful and I'm, awesome. The person who wants to believe everything, I'm being slightly skeptical, and you're all over me about it. It's not the sa- the fact that you're being skeptical, but what you're saying, like you knew. Oh, it looks like somebody put it out of a hobby shop. I would that would have been available back then. Uh, really? Okay. I'm saying it looked like something. I didn't say it was something yeah tomato tomato all right anyway so yeah he posted pics of his time machine in the operations manual now people obviously questioned him about why he was here what was his purpose how does time travel work what does he think of our time etc etc obviously what would you ask a time let me ask you what would you ask a time traveler if never mind online but just say somebody shows up completely out of thin air shows you they have a time machine i'm a time traveler whatever we're gonna say they're a time traveler we've accepted it it's a fact what would you ask this person do we ever get real hoverboards that's your question sure okay so somebody comes back all right well if they're from the future if they're from okay yeah if they're from the future so let me let me get a little more specific this would have been the year 2000 and he came back from 2036, so that would have been 36 years into the future. It's 2019 now. So if somebody from, we'll say, the year 2055, somebody from the year 2055 comes back, you're going to ask them, do we have hoverboards? Yeah. That's your question. And flying cars. Not, is the United States still a thing? Or has nuclear war wiped us all out? Not that, eh. but do we, do we have hoverboards? And yes. flying cars. And flying cars. Okay, all right. <laughs> So that's where your head's at. 
Awesome. I'm not going to be able to do much about anything else. So yeah, all right. Fair. Learn about what interests me. I guess fair, but you wouldn't want to know who wins the Super Bowl or something like. Eh. So you could get rich. No, that wouldn't be an interesting thing to you. Eh. Just no. hoverboards and flying cars. Sure. My wife, everybody. All right. <laughs> I I would I would be asking stuff like. Like what I just said. And that's why I don't need to ask, because you'll ask those questions. All right. I get the fun questions. <laughs> fair and fair enough. Wow. Okay. All right. So that's what you would ask. Do we, okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Final answer. Fi- final answer. All right. <sighs> okay. Uh, all right. So you want to know if there's hoverboards in the future? Great. I would want to know, is there still United States? Who won the Super Bowl? Who won the World Series? Who's the NBA Finals? Do we access to Antarctica? Do yes, yes. Is Antarctica still off limits? Those are the kind of things I'd want to know. We'll get into Antarctica in another episode. Now, in his posts, Teeter he was entertaining. Obviously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whole concept is entertaining to people. But he he angered people with some of his answers and responses because he would never answer the question that I would have asked. Well, one of the excuse me, one of the questions I would have asked, who wins the Super Bowl? Who wins the World Series? He would not answer those type of questions because he said that you should not be profiting off of this technology. Was what he said. It was like a I can't remember the exact phrasing, but essentially, you got to have morals if you're using time travel. Well, it seems to me an even better answer would have been: This is a different timeline I've created that you're now on, so I can't tell you because it could change. That, that would shut people up. I guess. And, and, and honestly, like I said, I, there are so many posts. I, I have not read through all of them in a long time, and I don't recall exactly. But I know that if you if you do a Google search of John Teeter, you'll be able to find all of these posts collected on various different sites. If that is something that interests you and you want to get into all the details, please go check it out. I, I urge you to check it out anyway because it's really fascinating, whether you believe it's true or not. So... He, he angered people because he wouldn't answer those kind of questions. He scared and frightened people because of some of the claims that he made. The United States would be engulfed in a civil war in the year 2015, which mm-hmm. obviously came and went and has not happened. The fact that nuclear war took out most of the world and civilization was not what we knew it to be back in 2000. And it could have been because it changed the timeline and we went on a different timeline because of him. Sure, exactly. But again, he's scaring people, he's frightening people, he's belittling people. Anybody that engaged in discussion with him online had a memorable experience with him. Whether it was a good one or a bad one, it was memorable. They remembered it. Now, on March 21st of 2001, Teeter made his last post, and he told everybody that he'd be leaving our time and returning to 2036. After that day, he was never heard from again. Gone. So never posted online again. And speculation about who he was, why he was online. Was he a time traveler? Was he a internet troll? Was he a prankster? Was it, was it more than one person? That speculation continues to this day. Now, I have heard there, there was somebody going around making appearances on different radio shows and podcasts claiming they were John Teeter. The, this was obviously not the guy that posted online. This is somebody just trying to have some fun or feel important or whatever. But this guy obviously was not John Teeter. This guy had no idea what he was talking about and just did not sound at all like an intelligent person whatsoever. I mean, it is what it is. If He, he was on a, a coast-to-coast AM as John Teeter, and it was no. No way, no way. And even you could tell the host was kind of humoring him as well and just kind of dragging him on. I could only listen to an hour of a four-hour show. It was that bad. Like This guy obviously was not John Teeter. And apparently not trying hard to it, be. Well, yeah, apparently, yeah, exactly right. I mean, that's, that's essentially the story. He comes, posts online, says he's a time traveler, this and that. Now, one of the main things that he talked about and the reason that he was here was because he had to travel back to the year 1975 to get an IBM 5100 computer. Now, the IBM 5100 computer was one of the first portable computers that the, that was available. And it had the ability to read other computer coding and language. 
So his story was that he had to come back to retrieve this computer in order to bring it back to his time so that they could repair various computer systems that they had because only this particular model of IBM had the ability to do that. And because it was portable, he could retrieve it and take it back with him to his time in 2036. I see the the, so, the wheels are turning. Yeah. You got a question. So I was just thinking, he had to go back to 1975 to get it or he went back to 1998 to get the computer? He went back to 1975 so to get it. So why did he come to 1998? That is still something that is kind of unclear. I, I'm not sure why he decided to come back. To, I, I don't think it was ever brought up in the post. I'm sure people asked him, but I don't know if he ever actually answered that question. Like why? It's a pretty obvious question. Right, yeah. I don't think that was ever answered. And is it... Okay, so in order for him to travel through time and get back on his timeline, he said that he has to go back a second to before where he first landed, if you will, sure, in time. Yeah. Yes. And then without shutting off the engine, move forward. I'm assuming the 1998 he came to was on the same linear time of 1975 through 1998 and stopped not the alternate timeline from landing in 1975. I, I assume so, I, but again, we're assuming. And, and again, that's if this is true. We're, we're, we're going to go on the basis that this is true, whether we believe it or not right now. We're just going to assume that it's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's what he did. Now, and, and speaking of that, now if you think about it, logically, right, one of the things people would say, probably listening right now, are saying, well, if you've got a time machine... In the year 2036, you have to fix your computer systems and whatever else. You have to travel back to 1975 to get a, an old computer to fix your computer systems. But You have time travel technology, but you have to travel back in time mm-hmm. just to get a, a, an old computer. Like That doesn't make any sense, right? But think of this. NASA, to this day, still goes online searching for old computer parts to keep some of their systems up and running. Well, I think what happens is things get obsolete and they no longer make it. People throw out their parts and places just get rid of information. You think they'd have the documents of what they had so you could at least recreate it and not need the original parts. I'd probably want to get those blueprints and the parts, but (laughs) I know how to make it from the future. You would think, right? So I would. (laughs) <laughs> I don't so, think about much, but I would think about that. You would think about that, yeah. There you go. So, but that that right there, that's something to think about too. If you're looking at this as being a, a legitimate story from that viewpoint, okay, that may, that would make sense, right? Now, why him? Why did he come back? Well, the story is that a relative of his, I believe, he said it was his grandfather, was one of the engineers that originally worked on the 5100. So that's why he came back, so that he could meet with his grandfather or his relative, whoever it was, and they would give him the computer. Now, I wonder how that conversation went. Oh, hi, uh, Grandpa? Yeah, uh, I'm your grandson from the future, from the year 2036. Uh, You know that computer you're working on? You mind giving me one of those? I need it for something back... Future stuff. You wouldn't understand. It's technical. You wouldn't get it. I need it for about 50 years in the future. There's going to be issues and problems. We're going to need it. Can't get too far into it with you, but I I just can't can't get one. Maybe have one of those fall out of the back of the truck. And and then pretend that this conversation never happened. Right? That'd be great. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So imagine that conversation. From there, uh, like I said, he left. He never was heard from again until what I had already mentioned with people trying to take credit for it and, and what have you. But it's, it's, it's interesting that, that that whole IBM 5100, that whole thing is like the, the constant thread in his whole story. He always would answer questions about it, always would talk about it. And at the time when he was making all these posts online, there wasn't really a lot of information about this computer. So people looked at that and said, this guy must be legit because... Who the hell else would know about this? Mm-hmm. Maybe four or five people in the world at that t- at that point in time knew that the IBM 5100 had this particular capability as far as translating and fixing computer language because I guess it was something that was never really published or talked about, even in computer circles. It, it, there was a very few people that knew about this. And also the fact that he talked about CERN 
and the Large Hadron Collider because when he was talking about it, CERN wasn't even a thing, mm-hmm. and they weren't even... They weren't on anyone's they weren't, radar. Exactly. I mean, they were a thing, but they weren't... Nobody was talking about it. So how would he know this? And that's where the mythology grew, and that's where the story grew because he was saying things that not a lot of people knew. So either the people, the smart scientists or engineers are the ones that are behind this, or... This guy really knew something because he was a time traveler. Another interesting aspect of the story, we talked about he left 1975 and ended up in 1998 because he's sending faxes to Art Bell. And then when he starts posting online, people ask him, what are you doing here? Well, apparently he decided to knock on the door of his parents in his boyhood home. So he's staying with his mother and father, allegedly, and his nine-year-old self. This is a perfect question for you. Perfect question for you. We're sitting here right now recording a podcast. Doorbell rings. You get up to answer the door. I pause the podcast. You get up to answer the door. There's a guy standing there. He tells you, Hi, Monique. I'm your son, Whichever one, which one, whichever one, whichever one of our sons that that it is, and I'm here from the year 2055. Can I come in? What do you do? What's your reaction? Well, I don't know. I'd I'd have to see him because I don't. Part of me thinks a mom would know that you know that that's your child. You feel something. You have that connection with them. I mean, our, our. Two of our boys are a spitting image of you. And our oldest son looks a lot like me. So that, I think, would help. I don't know. I'd have to go with my gut feeling. It's funny that you say that, what you said, a mom would know. When the, we're we're not really jumping around too much, but the attorney for the Teeter family, because after Teeter disappeared, they put out a book, which basically was a collection of all his online posts. They called it John Teeter, Time Traveler's Tale. And they put it on out for sale, and they got themselves an attorney. And this attorney was on Coast to Coast AM and speaking with the, the supposed mother of John mm-hmm. Teeter. He was speaking for her. As the host, George Norrie, was asking questions, he was speaking for her, asking her the questions, and then relaying her answers back to, uh, to the host. That was one of the questions was, how did you know it was your son? And that was her answer. The mother knows. It's, so, it's a good answer it, because it is who's going to argue that? Right. And that's, again, it, that's the genius a- of this. Another thing you could think of is look like if your kids have birthmarks or certain freckles anywhere, you could look at that. But something like that, a mother knows, like who's going to argue that? Right. Exactly. So that, again, is not is a... A reason why you can go, well, well, yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. That's true. Or that's another reason why you could say this is a fucking genius story. Whoever concocted this, whether it was one person or a group of people, they were geniuses. They thought of everything. Even even keeping the mythology and everything going after the original or the, the original thing was done, right? Yeah. Now he had a couple of predictions, a couple of things that he said were gonna happen. Now remember, this is in two thousand. This is pre nine eleven pre-iPhones, pre-any of that stuff. So he predicted that the United States would go to civil war, would have a civil war in the year 2015. Now, it's 2019 now. Obviously, that didn't happen. So that one we can go, well, eh, bust. He didn't predict it. But he could say it's because we're on a different timeline and things changed. Right. So people that believe the story could say that. Exactly. He also made a bunch of predictions about uh, mad cow disease just wiping out a lot of the population. Yeah, the the cattle got infected with mad cow. People ate it. Yeah. And that wiped out part of the population. Yeah. And so that hasn't happened yet either. We can say bust on that one. Or you could say because he hit the timeline, it made an alternate timeline, and that's the one we're on. Therefore, things are different. Or you could say that because he was warning people about that, maybe some people that would have a way of <laughs> ensuring that that didn't happen, actually took the appropriate steps the to prevent it from happening. The cattle farmers of America united. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Anything is possible. That's the genius of this whole story. You can, you can rationalize it any way. 
it that's that's why it's so genius. So I'm going to ask you, uh, what do you think? Do you think that this this was a legitimate thing? Do you think this guy was really a time traveler, or do you think this was just an elaborate hoax, prank, troll job? Part like okay, the logical side of me says no, nah, it's 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 not real, but. There's a big part of me that wants to believe it's real or that it could be real. Given the information we have, yeah, I could totally see somebody putting in the work and knowing enough to do something like this and make it happen. I don't know. I just, I I think it'd be really cool if it was real. Same here. And, and I'll tell you, my for me, I, I think as time goes on, I, I think yeah, it was obviously it was a hoax. That's my what I think now. There have been people throughout the years that have tried to debunk the story that claim they debunked the story. There were have been people that come out that have said I was John Teeter. Uh, one such guy, Joseph Matheny. I don't know if anybody listening knows that name, but he's he's kind of a infamous online troll. He. Uh, he was he was involved in a lot of software engineering and, and software development and things like that back in the uh, in the 1990s. This is a guy who that's kind of how what he does for fun is he makes up you know troll jobs and comes up with elaborate hoaxes and stuff like that. He claimed that he was the one that came up with the whole thing himself and three other people. He made the claim on a on a podcast and. It's interesting because the podcast hosts, uh, the podcast was uh, Project Archivist. It was the name of the podcast. And uh, he went on there and basically admitted that it was him, that he did it. And, but the hosts said he sounds very convincing, but he's a known online troll. This is what he does. So he could be trolling people by taking credit. He could be, or he could have done the biggest troll of all, making this character up. And convincing how many people he's really a time traveler. Well, it it kind of works both well, ways. Well, that's what I'm saying. He he either made it up and did do it, yeah. or he's making up the fact that he made it up and, now, and he didn't do it. With him, he was saying the proper name to pronounce... Teeter. 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 Not tighter. Not teeter. tighter. Teeter, yes. And didn't he slip up in the interview? Yeah, during the interview, he actually slips up and says tighter. And and it's like okay, well, what, what, which one is it? So it was it was weird because I listened to the interview. and I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense what he's saying. He he claims he came up with it and that it's it's based off of the Terminator and that whole storyline. John Connor, John Teeter, coming from the year 2036, mm-hmm. similar to the Terminator storyline that James Cameron wrote. Well, again. And, and again, Matheny, like I mentioned, he was into software development and things like that. He would have knowledge of some of this stuff and talking about how uh, Teeter, one of the things in the posts mentioned was that in the future, the internet's run on nodes. And this is stuff that was not really talked about in 2000, but being in the software, in in that business, he would know stuff that's coming down the pike. He would have inside knowledge of it that wasn't really made public at that time. So I can definitely see where maybe, yeah, this guy is the one that did it. But again, where his whole reputation is that he messes with people. Yeah, either he was messing with people and and did do it or he was messing with people by saying it was him even though it wasn't. It's it's it could go either way like you said. So very very interesting, but He's one of the people that came out and claimed that it it was a hoax. And as time goes on, obviously, the, as the days go by and the years pass and we get closer to 2036, the genius of this whole story is that it could have been real because it was explained that just him being here altered the timelines. So we could be on an alternate timeline if the whole string theory and the multiple universe theory is correct. And John Teeter did leave in 2001, and that was that was it. So that's that's the that's why that's this the is the beauty of that's it. That's the beauty. That's why it's one of my favorite stories because it could go so many different ways, and you could pretty much you could rationalize it either way. It's true or it's complete bullshit. Yeah. 
Do you have uh, any other thoughts about uh, the John Teeter story? I think regardless of whether it's real or not, it's just something so interesting. If you don't know much about it, it's worth reading about. It's worth looking into, even just for the sheer entertainment value of it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's definitely an entertaining thing. And I'm actually surprised that they never optioned like a major motion picture based on the story. Now, they did, there were three different independent movies made. Uh, one of them was called Time Travel Zero. I've never seen it. I've never seen any of the other ones either. And uh, there was also a, a Japanese anime, uh, a series that came out called Stein's Gate. And it was all about John Teeter and, and that whole thing. Because he's mentioned it at multiple times. And that's something that, uh, in that interview that I spoke about with Joseph Matheny, he explained that the reason that the the con, if you will, the hoax, the story worked is because himself and the three people that he collaborated with on this all agreed that they would not make any money from it. They would not try to profit from it in any way. And that when they made that final post, that was it. It would never be revisited or talked about again, and that's why it would work. Until the family attorney made a book. Until, until the, yeah, the supposed family attorney. But again, if this, if his story is true and he was just hoaxing the whole thing, then this guy, this attorney, Larry Haber, just saw an opportunity to make a couple of bucks and that's what he did. So that was actually brought up and Matheny said that the reason why the book was out of print was because he actually contacted the attorney and told him his exact words, hey, you motherfucker, you better, you better pull that shit because I'll come clean and I'll ruin this whole thing. I don't care. I got nothing to lose because this was all a big hoax. It's kind of interesting, you know, like... Well, it, was the book sold as fiction or nonfiction? I don't have an answer for you on that. I know it was, it was a collection of all of the online yeah, posts. So I guess that would answer some things possibly. Maybe. I mean, well, if you think about it, he's collecting stuff that's in the public domain because it's on internet forums. Yeah. It was on message boards and forums and then he's selling it. So I guess if if Matheny is is right, if if he's telling the truth, it'd be kind of him and these other three guys. Wouldn't it be kind of their material that this other guy's just taking and profiting from? Yeah. And if he's an attorney, which the guy was an attorney, he would know that what he's doing is bullshit and now that the people that actually did it come forward pretty much prove to him however but they prove to him that we're the ones that did this then i'm sure the guy said okay whoops and he stopped and if you want to go on amazon and try to find this book it's selling for like several hundred dollars because it's out of print but again it's not it's not a book you'd want to if you happen to have several hundred dollars just lying around and you want to buy it I'm, I'm going to still tell you not to because literally all it is is a collection of the internet posts that you can find for free just with a Google search online. $175 for the paperback. That's it? <laughs> Cheap. For the low, low price. Yeah. Wait, how many pages is it? Uh, 174 pages. So a buck a page. It's not bad. It's kind of a bargain, actually, if you think about it. Probably a buck a page. Yeah. But again, it's just all a collection of his posts. There's no original writing at all. It's like somebody just went, hit print, printed out the pages, you know, off of, off the internet and just went to the, you know, the, the Kinkos or whatever was around and... And they made a book. And, and they made a book and sold it. Yeah, there, there you, you have it. Any other thoughts about John Teeter? When I first heard it, I thought the story was really fascinating. I still do. And then as time goes on and more things come out, things unravel, like we said, you can't really disprove it because of the way they set everything up. And, and until somehow it can be proven it's real, again, the beauty of it is this is an alternate timeline we're on now, Ex according yeah. to him. Yeah. So the whole story all the things that he went through could ne might possibly never happen. Yeah. Because it's an alternate timeline. And again, right. that's the beauty of it. So you don't really know. Yeah, that's, that, that is. That's the genius of the whole story. And the fact that they had, you know, they used, or, or he had pictures. And, oh, that was the other thing I, I should mention. Matheny said that one of the people, one of the four people, including himself, that was involved in the hoax was a, a movie prop designer. And he's the one that came up with the, 
He's the one that threw together the time machine that they used pictures of and put online. Oh, did he get the stuff from a hobby store at the mall? I don't know. He, he, was, he, he might have. Yeah, who knows? Uh. It's it's quite it's quite possible. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I, I as time goes on, obviously, obviously at first I'm like, this is real. I, w- I was one of the ones that got sucked in because you know how I was about time travel and all that stuff. i fascinated by it, always loved it, always thought it was really, really interesting and, if nothing else, super entertaining to think about and to to dream about. But as time has gone on and I've gotten a little wiser, a little older in my years, I think it's all bullshit. I guess the way I look at it is I have no problem believing it could be real. And as long as nobody's asking me for money for it, because then it's like, okay, now now it's probably some kind of scam. But, you know, it's not like people are trying to get money or anything out of people. They're not trying to scam people other than possibly believing in time travel in the future. What's the harm in thinking it could be real? Yeah, I guess there's no harm in thinking it could be real if you if that's what you believe. Yeah. Even if there's tons of evidence to the contrary, it's okay. It's not hurting anybody. Right? I, so. I guess it's just trying to be open-minded. Don't close the door to a possibility. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree. You should always be open-minded. But for this particular thing, I think my mind's made up. Mm. <laughs> hate, hate to admit it, but I think my mind's made up. I think it, I think it was a hoax. I'll kind of hang on the fence a little bit. I, I think it was a hoax, but if I'm proven, I'm open to be proven wrong, so... I'll I'll leave that out there, and that's with everything. I even if I make up my mind, I make up my mind, but I'm still not so pig-headed to not accept any kind of an alternate theory or explanation for for certain things, and, and be open-minded to considering them. If we've got nothing else, uh, I I don't think we should get into any other time travel stories. I think we're just going to keep it to John Teeter. We're going to have to save, we have so many things about time travel. We're going to have to save them for other podcasts. Yeah. There's so many other fascinating, amazing time travel stories that we can, we can share that are out there. Not just about people who have claimed to have traveled through time, but time slip stories. Yeah. Yep. The green children of Woolpit. That that's one I want to get into. That's more of a I don't know if that's really a time I, slip or I, time travel. That's more of a hollow earth, inner earth kind of but a story. It does both, depending on who's telling it. I think that would be a good one to get into. Well, well, all right. We'll definitely talk about that in a future episode. I'm not sure when, but we'll definitely get into that one because it is a fascinating story. It but, really is. But again, that's more of a, and that'll be its own episode: hollow earth, inner mm. earth theory. That'll probably be its own several episodes because that's another one that's fascinating that again it's it's there's so many different there, there's so many different things and so many different theories and so many possibilities it's so that's many things I like to, look to at talk it. about yeah, exactly and and the the great thing about a lot of this stuff is there's really nobody that has disproven a lot of these things the their only way of disproving is by saying oh you're crazy mm-hmm. or no that's bullshit that's that's, I'm sorry, but that's not an explanation. Saying something's crazy or something's bullshit is not an explanation. Whether or not it is, okay, but you got to come up with some solid facts either way mm-hmm. to prove or disprove something. That's the way I approach all this stuff. But anyway, enough about that. We will definitely be talking more time travel stories in the future. But for now, in the present, we're going uh, we're gonna to start signing off on this episode. So... Please, everybody, if you like what you hear, if you're enjoying us, if you love hearing my lovely wife's beautiful voice, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. But don't just stop there. Tell a friend. Tell two friends. Tell five friends. Tell as many friends as you have that they should be listening to the Homewrecker Podcast because we have a blast doing this every week. We have a lot of fun. We hope you do, too. And if you do and you're still coming back and you're listening every week, why not share in the fun? Absolutely. And if there's something you want to hear us talk about, let us know. We want to hear your thoughts on this. Do you know about John Teeter? Do you have any cool stories about things you heard about time travel? What are your own theories? Go to our website, www.homewreckerpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at homewreckerpod or go to Instagram, homewreckerpodcast. Follow us. Tell us what you think. Tell us about your experiences. Share with us. 
Absolutely. We want to interact with you. We do. We do this for, well, we do it for ourselves because we have a blast doing it, but we do it for you too. We want to make sure we're putting out entertaining content and we want to make sure that our audience is enjoying what we have to talk about. So please, any suggestions that you have, anything you like, anything you dislike, but we really want to hear from you. So please reach out to us. And on our website, we also have links for things that we've discussed that you can buy on Amazon. Go check it out. Instead of having to search for it, go straight to the link, click on it. And then if there's a book that we talked about you're interested in getting or anything else that we discussed, it's right there for you. The link is there and then you can buy it. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. And it helps us out with the show as well. Toss a couple of pennies our way. (laughs) Yes, pennies. (laughs) Every little bit counts, right? It (laughs) does. So with that, we're going to sign off this week. I am the Golden Greek Alexarion, and I've been joined by my gorgeous, beautiful, amazing, tremendous trophy wife, Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast on the Wiretap Radio Network.